being myself <laughs> What were you like in oh this is things I've forgotten and I was just gonna ask you. What were you like in high school? I'll tell you what I was like in high school. Yeah, that's wait. That's and this is Christopherson. <laughs> and uh, you hawk. And you go first. Oh, okay. Because you started out by saying I'm gonna tell you. And no, no, no. I need the mic. Oh yeah, I'm confusing. So anyways. should we try again? No, no. This is cool. I like it. Um, um, so in high school, um, God, I think it really depends who you ask. Like my teachers, they all thought I was a great student. Uh, they loved me. Um, I'm gonna pop open a LaCroix. Again, I, not sponsored, but hoping to be. <laughs> I was gonna be my saving the entire time. My, my catchphrase. Uh, back to me now. Um, so, let's see here. I was, yeah, I was kind of a closet nerd. Um, I played in a band. I also did theater. Um, but, like, but I, I mean, like, in the classroom, what were you like? Were you, like, a note-taker? Were you... Did you talk... I know what you were like, actually, because I've actually taken classes yeah, with you. Yeah, you've taken classes with me. You're a fucking talker. You're a fucking So, I wasn't, box. I wasn't. So, like, I, uh, I was the guy who would kind of... Because I was a closet nerd, I was the guy who my teachers loved because I was quiet, actually. Um, what happened? No, well, okay, so that's the thing. I was, I was very uh, two-faced because, like, I was a guy who would make other people laugh and then not get caught for it himself. And then I would be able to get away with all this because when everyone else was distracted and the teacher was like, um, I asked a question, what the fuck is the answer? I would be the guy who would raise my hand once everyone failed to answer the question and save the day. So... Yeah, that was me in a nutshell in the classroom. I think only my like. I should have not asked you this question. I should have just told you. <laughs> I'm what not a talker. You, I'm just, not a talker. I swear. <laughs> I should have just told you what you were like. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not too different from what I was like in college. <laughs> As someone who had to take a seminar with you this last weekend, you are annoying as fuck. Like, we would have not been class friends and be like, dude, outside of class. We're best buds. Inside the classroom, don't talk to me. Hater. Yeah. Just can't hang. Not my fault. So, so just very briefly, and I think this makes sense, and you'll probably agree with this. I'm definitely the quiet type in the sense that I'll participate, and I'll raise my hand, but other than that, I'll shut the fuck up. Mm. I'm not really about having a conversation with people, unless we're doing that whole group thing. Then I'm, I'm about leading people there. But then also... I just don't really like talking to people. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that showed. And it's like, so I was really bored in public school because it's like, you know, everyone gets taught at the same grade level, even though not everyone's at the same grade level. Oh, yeah. So I would just sometimes, like, I was infamous for falling asleep in class. Mm. And then when the teacher would ask me a question, I would do what you did. I was like, yeah. obviously the answer is, ba 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 bam And she'd be like, all right, Michael. That's so sad that my best student is the one that isn't paying attention. Yeah. Dude, that's like, like if you had seen my notes, um, and that's one of the reasons why I talked all the time, because I was just like bored and distracted. Um, that's the way I dealt with it, because I was like, I was super high energy. Um, yeah, I wasn't school. bored and distracted with like cool people. I like didn't want to impress anyone. Or, like, yeah. I no, just, so like, I was, hate you guys. Yeah, so I would just like channel it all by being a goof and like doodling a shit ton and like 
totally being able to do something entirely different. I also stayed up all night, like, watching TV, watching movies, reading books I wanted to read. Yeah. And so, like, I didn't do that whole, like... I had a life. No, I'm kidding. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're friends. <laughs> um, and that's also why we started a podcast about the things you forgot in college and high school. We're still closet getting nerds too but uh we still love have a passion for education talking about books talking about subjects art whatever the whatever the hell Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and this week we're talking about two books yep you're gonna talk about uh count of monte cristo and i'm gonna talk about tequila mockingbird Yep, what was that? Was tequila. That tequila Mockingbird. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, we're going to do what else? What are, what are we? You're going to talk about architecture, which is what mm-hmm. we said in college. We're yes, going to talk yes. about history. And then we're going to do our SAT words. And then we're going to announce a very special episode that's coming up. Yes. At the end of this. So stick around. Um, okay, so I go first this week. Yup. Do it. Take it away. I am uh, doing. To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, get it right this time. By um, Lee Lee Harper. Um, who really, until two years ago, wrote one book. I uh, didn't know that. Yeah, she only released uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, and that was it. She went out on top. Yeah, she came in on top, and she left really on top. You don't really need to release another. No, literally, I think, uh, I think what she said was, like, you know... I said all I was going to say. And that's it. You know, like, fuck you. Oh, I don't yeah. have to, like... There's no need to, like, you know, spin it out into an entire series of werewolves and vampires falling in love and doing creepy, weird shit yeah. with teenagers. That's exactly what this book is about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but to be honest... Uh, no, this is before sequels. We can tell. Oh, yeah, definitely. And before, like, really, really... Mongry Hungry or publishers and mm-hmm. movie executives. No. Not ranting, just stating. Just stating facts, guys. Okay. Just facts. So the book starts in Alabama after the Great Depression, like a couple of years after three or five or whatever. And I think three. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> um but it starts so but it's context. Poverty stricken Great America, the South. We're in Alabama and we're in Maycomb. Which is the the city and the seat of Macomb County, Alabama. Not a real place, but you get it. It's, it's like any town, Alabama. Yes. That's in its own county as well. Mm-hmm. Which is like so just in any county of Alabama. <laughs> yeah. And so we start with uh, interestingly enough, this is told through the perspective of Jean Louise Finch, who is um, or who people call Scout. Quick note, Bob's Burgers, the two kids, are Gene. Yeah. I never put that together. I don't, I I put that together when I read this book. (laughs) Whoa. I read this book after college, though, so. Mind blown. I know, dude. (laughs) Weird. For everyone who's listening and just thought that, that was real. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Gene Louise is like, it's a kid. You know, someone who's growing mentally. She has her brother, Jim, who's, who's Jeremy. And it's spelled Jim with J-E-M. So that's some hella southern shit. Jim. Jim. Mm-hmm. And then they have a, a friend that comes every summer called Dill. 
and Dill. Of course. And then they have a. That's the South for you. <laughs> and they have a. Then they have um. No offense to Southerners. A father named Atticus, badass name. Oh yeah. And um, they have a. I guess you could call it a mammy, but I don't want to be offensive. They have a housekeeper. But isn't she known as Mammy? No, in the no. book, no? No, she's called Pernia. Pernia, Pernia, yeah. Yeah, and uh, then they have a, a neighbor called Boo, Boo Radley. Like, some, like, really Greek names. Atticus, Capernia. Yeah, dude, and another thing. To Kill a Mockingbird and your last name is Finch? Yeah, right? Like, birds. We get it, birds. Holler. I actually oh. think we talked about this in high school. Like the, the... See, I'm all about the details. Yeah. Though. Yeah, and explaining yeah. the details, and then, like even talking about it, think yeah. about it. Yeah, you know, and just wake up in the morning as the sun rises and think about shit. That's my like homework assignment for all of our listeners. Just take a moment, reflect in a philosophical hour. Um, cool. And then, okay, so there's Boo Radley, who's a recluse neighbor, who like stays in his fucking house, and. Everyone in the neighborhood just accepts it. Because it's... It's Boo Radley, yeah. It's Boo Radley. And you're kind of going through your childhood, and they're really fascinated with Boo Radley. Imagine if you were a kid, and you found out your neighbor was a fucking recluse. And you had nothing to do, because it's Great Depression. Yeah. <laughs> South. And it's just like, there's no TV, there's no radio. I mean, there's books, but you're a fucking kid in the summertime. You're going to read all year long. You know, you're doing this, you're Dill, you're with Dill, you're with Jim. They just start making shit up about Boo Radley and, like, trying to entice him. So, what is he doing? Like, blah, 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 blah. As kids do, man. Yeah. Totally. And, like, they have, like, at first, like, you know, like, what did he do wrong? And then they, they start becoming more innocent. And, um, and, and then they start, like, leaving things for him and, like, trying to see if they can, like, kind of... Get him to come out. Tempt him yeah, to come out. Him out. Yeah. Yep. And he doesn't. But, um... Then some shit goes down a couple summers into the into the story. And that's like so like the first half is really about like defining the characters, who they are, kind of creating endearment for Jim and Scout and Dill and Boo and Atticus Getting and Calpurnia. Invested into them. Yeah. Yeah. Then the second half. Get ready. Action. The race war is about to start. Ooh. Can I even say that? I'm, that was a joke, guys. But it's a, it's about race relations it in really the is. South. No, exactly. Um, and what happens is a judge assigns um, Atticus to defend a black man yep. who's been accused of raping a woman. Yeah. A white a woman. A white woman, yeah. I was going to say. You've got to clarify in this time. <laughs> clarify, because let's be honest, they wouldn't have cared if it was a black woman. They, it probably would have never gone to trial. In the South, in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. In the Depression era South, is what I should just say. Mm-hmm. So, um, his, her dad being, like, an ethical man. Yeah. Atticus says it's his right to an attorney. And it's not only his right to an attorney, it's his right to have the best legal fucking defense. Yep. <clears throat> and I'm going to provide it for him. Uh, again... Why context and location matter so much in books? If this is California in the 1930s, eh, maybe not so much. New York in the 1930s, maybe not so much. But again, the South. Um, and what happens here is kids start bullying our girl, Scout, and her brother, saying, 
and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm quoting it, so it should be fine. They say, your dad's a nigger lover. Right. I had to say that really quickly. <laughs> um, and uh, and she, she gets upset, and her dad's like, you know, like, and she's trying to understand, like, why is her dad doing this? Why is your dad being so fucked up? Why is he defending this black person? In her mind. Right, then, right. No, I mean, she's a kid. She's trying to put it all together. Yeah, it's she's, contradictory and, and, because she hears, like, all this hate, but then she's like, why is my And their community traditionally yeah. hates these people. Right, right. And it's like the people she's been around have always hated these people. Yep. And so she's kind of coming in from the beginning from, like, a racist perspective. She's been like, Dad, why are you defending... And I'm going to say that word again. Yep. Um, but why are you defending Tom Robinson? Right, right. The... The, the, the accused. Yeah. And her dad, like, just tries to tell her, like, look, we, we we have a justice system, and it's, everyone's entitled to this, and everyone, in a sense, has basic rights. Um, he's not saying they're equal, but everyone has these basic rights. And I'm just trying to ensure that he gets his basic rights. And she chills with Tom Robinson, and then they go into this trial. And so, like, she's starting to open her mind, because she's being exposed to, like, new ideas, confronting new people, or, like, engaging with new people. Like, it's really easy to be racist or to alienate other people you don't have interactions with. Yeah. But once you start interacting with people, once you start, or even new things, new experiences, it's really easy to say, like, I would never skydive. Like, skydiving is horrible. Skydiving is dangerous. Or, like, people who skydive are crazy. Yeah. Until you meet people who skydive or Or you go skydive. Yeah. So, okay. But uh, the the trial starts. And it's all around this one day where um, uh, Mayella Yule uh, allegedly needed help moving a shiffer robe or dismantling dismantling a shiffer robe. For all those that don't know what that is, it's just another fancy-ass word for a chest. But next time you're buying drawers at Ikea, call it a shiffer robe. Impress some girls or some guys. Or some non-gendered person. Or thing. Um, I'm trying to be as politically correct as I can. Um, and as, like, inclusive. Um, and she says, he comes into the house, he rapes her, and her dad is like, yeah, this is what happened. I walked in on him, and, like, I like blah, 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 blah. Um, and that's their kind of story. She she needed help. She offered him five bucks to move the shipper robe. He was going to do it, but then he, he, he got jungle fever, and he attacked her, and that's what happened. But um, Yule, Papa Yule, which we'll talk about later how it's interesting that they're called Yules, um, is, um, is a drunkard. Someone not to be trusted. And, um, like, his daughter was being after this, and he's like, he was raping and beating my daughter, and it's just like, why would you be? It's kind of like, that's weird. Um, yeah. and it's like, he, you'd think you'd be quick about this, and like, what gets exposed in the trial, though, when Tom comes, and Yule comes to the stand, is that it was the other way around. Tom Robinson came in, and he was intending to help, and he wasn't really wanting to help, but in this time, if a, if a white person asked a black person, can you do this for me, it was best that they did it in Depression-era South. Yep. Um, and so 
he comes to help her and she makes advances on him. And that's when Papa Yule walks in, gets so upset, Tom Robinson dips, understanding he's in major trouble. And uh, and Papa Yule decides to beat the shit out of his daughter. The cops come, and he decides to blame it all on Tom Robinson. And you think the, jur- the jury hearing this would be like, all right, it's a clear-cut trial. But we go back to racism. And what happens? They convict Tom Robinson anyway. They, they convict a man they know is innocent just because of the color of the skin and because of prejudice. Fuck. Right? But guess what? The book's not over. We got more to this. We find out Tom Robinson dies. He was trying to escape from jail, and they shot him. This breaks Atticus's heart, and then Yule comes into the picture being disgraced by this trial, because it's like, you know, we convicted Tom Robinson, but we know what you did, and we know who you are. Yep. And we know what your family does. You and Oh, and I forgot to say, there's like a whole class thing, too. The Yules are broke, the Finches are middle class, and it's kind of like, talking about like the differences and yeah, it's it's like this whole societal picture. Yeah, of the time. very well painted. Yeah, very well painted. Um, and uh, he tries to harass Tom Robbins' wife, who's now a widow. He tries to harass the judge, but it climaxes on Halloween. Uh, Scout and Jim, or Jim, sorry, are returning home when a uh, drunk Yule comes into the picture and just starts beating on Jem and Scout. He breaks, breaks Jem's arm, and he's about to, like, fucking destroy our girl Scout when he just peels over, stabbed to death, and someone picks up Jem and starts walking Jem into the house. And um, the cops come. Oh, wait, as as that person's walking Jim into the house, Scott realizes who the hell that person is. And it's Boo Radley. He come. He saved the day. He left his house to keep the kids safe. And the, the cops come. Atticus comes. And it's just like, there's a dead person on your lawn. What the fuck happened? And, um, you know, Atticus is thinking Jim... Jim fucked up um, Yule. Uh, and the sheriff is thinking Boo Bradley may have fucked up Yule. But then they both decide Southern Justice Tao. Yule just fell on his knife. And Scout walks Boo Radley back to his house. And, you know, she's like, that guy's he's a baller. He's He's like Don Quixote. He's like a pure, like, kind of romantic mm-hmm. ideal that's a real human being yeah. with real goddamn emotions. And I regret not putting presents on that tree because he had given us presents or gifts. Right, right. The end. Father ass story. Yeah. And it's like, this is interesting from my perspective. It's like, I w- always thought I was never going to get into the story because it's like, I'm like, it's a character for hard for me to sympathize with. Like, 
I never thought I would like get into the head of like small 12 year old girl and think like this is dope but I mean it's such it's so well written you get into the characters you get into she's so sassy it's like just dope it's fun. Yeah. not only that it's like this whole uh, as a and child like a you're kid. a real fly on the wall type of thing you get a really open perspective that's not necessarily always uh, clouded by like adult experiences and or the adult pre- filter yeah pre like conceived notions and things like that so that's like one of the reasons why it's so good um it's also like just fucking well written yeah it's also really well written um and oddly enough even though we didn't decide this does tie into my book of and on its uh themes of justice because Mm. like we get we get like all kinds of i mean it's all about justice and like the lack of it and the way we we perceive what's right and what's wrong moral justice legal justice like all of it right um because at the end you know you kind of get your resolution that you kind of wanted um and weren't able to get before but is it right you know and i know most a lot of people would actually say yes but is it though legally speaking right and all this kind of stuff so leaves you with questions no but i mean it's also like um Thomas Robinson had to die. Right. Jim had to become a cripple. Right. Like, Scout had a traumatic experience. Boo Rally had to leave right. his house. Um, I mean, one thing I will say, oh, and the whole To Kill a Mockingbird thing comes into play with uh, Boo, Boo Rally and Tom Robinson. It's, they get airsoft guns, mm-hmm. and, they're, and their dad um, gives it to them, and he's like, you know, kill as many finches as you want. Or Blue Jays as you want. Yeah, Blue Jays, yeah. But don't kill, don't kill a Mockingbird. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Does this mean? And it's just like, uh, Blue Jays, yeah. uh, Blue Jays, I think, eat other creatures. Fuck yeah, they were, yeah, they were like pests and like, you know, abundant. But the, the Mockingbird. The Mockingbird, all it does is yeah, sing and make does. next level yeah. beats. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's special. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm, it's like, yeah, exactly. And so it's just like, you don't harm any. You don't harm something that's just like bringing beauty into the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. And it, that's what Blue, Boo Bradley was, and it's just like you don't kill a mockingbird. Yeah. And Thomas Robinson, tragic mockingbird, they got shot. Yep. Um, and then I can briefly go into to set a watchman if people want, but okay, cool. I'll do it. Uh, uh, it's supposed to be years after this. When Jean, when Scout's going by Jean Louise, she returns to make um to find out that her dad, Atticus, is now a racist. Um, and that her brother Jim had died. You find out, oh. and that Calperny has left them. And um, oh, there's also a part where um, Jean Louise goes to a black church and stuff like that. So she's like willing to experiment things. She's living in New York. She doesn't understand why her dad's become a racist. And um, she's kind of upset with him. Like, And, I mean, he goes from being, like, a badass motherfucker defending, like, civil rights to, like, being thinking peop- black people are inferior to white people. She's like, what the fuck happened to you? And it's like, this is what I honestly believe. Um, and then the book is about her struggling with that. Um, and then her confronting her dad and, and, like, realizing, like, something that happens, I think, to every child, where it's, like, when you find out your parents are just fucking human beings. Right. And that they're flawed and that they make mistakes. 
but that they're still your fucking dad or your fucking mom. Um, and that, but that you still have to stand up for what you believe in. Right. Or set a watchman on your like beliefs and mm-hmm. who you mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. And it's not really like, there's parts of it that are both in the same book. I had the audio book mm. read by Reese Witherspoon, which is kind of really? awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's pretty much the same book, except a little different in the sense of like, it's kind of telling a, like a different story about the South, but still the same story. And it's how like, and an interesting debate where she kind of makes you think about this, where it's like, if if your mother was a racist, or if you really disagreed with your mother or your sister or your brother, whomever, not personal, um, like, there's, does that not make, they're still a good person, right? Right. Is yeah. someone still good if they're a racist or if they have one flaw? Questions. Go set, set your own fucking watch, you know? Like, questions, questions, questions. Yeah. But overall, good books, really, like, a fast read. It's just like yeah. enjoyable as fuck. They're never... fast reads, but they make you think. Yeah. Never watch the movies though. Really? Um, One of the movies I have actually watched about like old movies. Old time movies. Yeah, old time movies. Yeah. I heard it's pretty dope. It's really good. It's it's like one of those movies that's done justice to the book. Um, that's high yeah. praise. Yeah, especially coming from me. Yeah. Um, anyway, speaking of another movie book combo. The Count of Monte Cristo. And sandwich oh. combination. What do you mean sandwich combo? Oh, yeah. Got it. <laughs> Funny. Actually, well, it happens to be one of my favorite sandwiches, too. I have a quick uh, uh, thing to uh, say. Uh, Talking about pairings. Yeah. There's a book called Tequila Mockingbird. It's a book about drinks you can have. They're named after books. And I wanted to have a Tequila Mockingbird as I did this, but I didn't. But you should have a Tequila Mockingbird next time you're looking to to kill a Mockingbird. Um, and eat a Monte Cristo while here our next half of our podcast. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I, you know, until today, I haven't actually really ever given uh, Monte Cristo some in-depth thought. But it actually ties very well with To Kill a Mockingbird. Um because, like, themes that arise in To Kill a Mockingbird about justice, um, right, wrong, moral, legal, um, vengeance, betrayal, love, all of that come into play um, in this book. And also... Even class. Even class, yeah, especially class. Um, and also the author, black guy. He was a half-black guy, I think. Yeah, like which which <laughs> not from half people, black guy no, no, to I think like, half black guy. No, no, he, I think he was it's like he had mixed race mixed race parents, I believe. Um, mm. But like, what's his name? He was uh, Alexander Dumas or something like that. Um, also wrote the Three Musketeers. Um, but a lot of people don't know that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it kind of plays into it just because. You know, early accomplishments. I think it's Alexander Dumas. 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 I'm not French. I don't care. Um, I'm going to pronounce it how I'm going to pronounce it. No. Um, but yeah, anyways, I think he also had a ghostwriter too, but something like that. Um, oh yeah, you're totally right. He was actually born in Haiti, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
mixed super race. Super cool, right? Yeah, like, super dope. So you know he was writing from this interesting perspective, too. But uh, also about a world that, like, he probably didn't get too much, like, experience with. Like, him personally, but probably saw from an outside view a lot of. Um, but anyways, Count of Monte Cristo opens in such a what is now classic and cliched way. Like, our protagonist... Um, <laughs> classic and here i am forgetting his name edmund edmund dantes uh is this, it's his wedding day happiest day of his life um mm. he's like it's crazy it's not too crazy because like he's set to be like an everyman you know like he's just a merchant sailor kind of thing um which could be a lot of people back then in the 18 whatevers uh, when this book was written um but anyway day of his wedding Holy shit, what happens instead of him getting married? He gets fucking put in prison for treason. Because this book, like, historical context-wise, um, was written taking place in the time right after slash, well, right before, I think, uh, Napoleon returns from exile to power kind of thing. Um, so there's this whole, like, in the background, there's this whole, like, are you a royalist? Are you a Bonapartist type of thing going on? And they blame Dante's, Edmund Dante's, uh, of being a Bonapartist. Now, it, his, like, he was betrayed by three of his fellow friends slash crewmates, former friends, obviously. <laughs> um, and it's, uh, let's see here. I wrote them down. Yo, so why aren't they cool anymore? Like, yeah, what, what, they, they, what? Um, one treason and you get all out of jail. <laughs> yeah, one tiny treason that sends you to life imprisonment in a deserted, like, island prison fortress. Um, Just let it go, dude. It's a, it, it was obviously a yeah. joke. Um, but he's betrayed by, uh, let's see here, by Villefort, um, Fernando Mondego, and uh, Danglers. <laughs> Great names. <laughs> <laughs> especially danglers <laughs> such a child <laughs> um, but anyways like right wow. before he's gonna say I do to his lovely Catalan wife Mercedes um, Ben they uh, I'm not I was no I'm not going there no I'm not going there Mercedes Benz god damn it um, anyways he goes to this island prison is like about he like He's depressed as fuck, obviously, right? Like, his entire life was taken away from him, about to marry his lady love, and then just, boom, life changes. Lightning strikes. Over. Life is bleak. He's in prison. He's about to commit suicide when, boom, out of his fucking floor pops out a crazy guy. One of his fellow prisoners. Thinks he's escaping. Isn't really. But it just so happens that this crazy guy... Also has, like, this mysterious past where he knows all kinds of shit. And, like, is like, hey, I'm gonna die, but you're getting out of here. So I'm gonna teach you to live like these guys live. To be like these guys. To think like these guys. I'm gonna teach you culture, art, science. Basically how to be a nobleman. And so he does for, like, the next whatever years. He ends up spending something like six years in prison all in all. Some shit like that. I'd be pretty fucking bitter about this. Right. So he's basically just there, like learning art, science, like, learning how to be a nobleman, just plotting his revenge with this old guy. Um, Dude, this is, this is, like, the most dangerous type of revenge, too. Oh, exactly. Like, the revenge, yes. He's no. got, that's all he's got, like. No, and then just that, that slow simmer. Yep, that slow fucking simmer, where he's, like, he plans it all to the T. Yeah. 
Every, dude, just a little bit every day yeah. goes a long way. Yep. And so, like, finally, they, uh, this old mentor of his, like, is nearing the very, very end. And uh, he, he ends up dying. And right as they're going to, like, take his body away, it, it's, like, covered up in, like, a sack or some shit, like, where you can't tell what body's where. Um, he's, uh, the Count, or not yet the Count of Monte Cristo, but Edmond Dante switches places with him. Um, and so they, like, throw the body out in the ocean, but then he, like, swims to wherever, I actually think it's the island of the Count of Monte Cristo, um, where there's, like, buried treasure as well that this, his mentor had told him about. Um, he finds the treasure, he makes his way back, um, to Paris to, like, enact his revenge. Um, and oh, what a revenge it is. So, um, Is he just gonna, like, put poison in people's drinks? Yeah, no, yeah. that's the thing. No way. It's not just, like, a simple, like, I'm gonna, I'm kill, gonna you. kill you type of thing. Uh, no, he wants them to suffer like he suffered. And that's where this question of, like, justice comes into play and, like, morality. Because, like, is vengeance really justice? Like, is it right to make people suffer as, as oh, someone else has suffered in order to achieve, like, this, this like, justice? Like, is, is justice about equality? Is, and, like, is justice about fairness? What is fairness versus equality? All that shit. Um, but how do you write an injustice as well? Right. Like he suffered a massive injustice and they took away his wife. They took away six years of his fucking life. Mm -hmm. And he was supposed to die. He was supposed to die in that prison. So like, what's the adequate punishment for that? Right. Exactly. There's no law saying like the clear mistake. But the thing is like, he purchases this title, this Island of the Count of Monte Cristo comes back into Paris. Um, like, the entire social scene of Paris as, like, this mysterious Count of Monte Cristo who's, like, got hella money and just, like, is the flyest man. Every woman, every man wants to be him. Every woman wants to be him. Knows everything about culture, art, science. exactly. Like, whoa. Modern thought. Who is this guy? Yeah. Um, And he comes back to find that all of his, like, old nemesis have been successful in life through, like, shady means and being assholes, basically. Um... So, so it just wasn't a one-time thing for them. Exactly. No, that's the thing. And that's one of, like, those reinforcers, like, to... to like, if one of them had become pious. Exactly. Like, to build it up that, like, these people maybe deserve some mercy. Um, and so, like, he ends up going about systematically breaking down their lives, but, like, in such a way that he causes them to do it. Um, so he, like, uncovers... Um, shit. Let me see here. I think the other thing is, like... He does it in the way that would hurt you the most. Exactly. No, exactly. Like, he does... If you value money, Mm -hmm. get ready to be broke. Right, exactly. And one of them does value money a lot. He becomes, like, a banker and is, like, totally, like, just greedy, greedy, greedy man. Like, um... It's almost like the movie Seven. Yeah, it's almost like the movie Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um... Oh, you want to eat? Right, exactly. No, exactly. So, like, he ends up, he ends up manipulating the, the entire stock exchange and shit, and just bankrupts this guy. Um, and the thing is, like, this count, he has so much money, he can do anything. That's yeah. the thing. Um, what a sociopath, though, I know, or like exactly. a psychopath, or whatever well, the right whatever the right word is, social psychopath, whatever. <laughs> Um, he is that. He like goes at him with a passion, with six years mm-hmm. of hatred simmering 
like loathing, vengeful hatred. Um, Dude, you know what it is? He's like, be like, fuck that guy. Let's make the stock market crash. Yeah, exactly. And just takes away all his wealth, exposes him too, because then he tries to steal from like this pension fund for hospitals or some shit like that from like the people, right? Just like, oh God, so evil. Um, he ends up exposing that guy, destroying his life. I, I Can I tell a quick little yeah. story? This reminds me of one of my favorite podcasts and something they just played. It was my favorite murder. And I told you a story about Shout Ted out. Bundy. <laughs> Right, right, right. How, like, right. <laughs> that's fucked up, too. <laughs> like, how one of his ex-girlfriends dated him, or broke up with him after college. thought he was a loser, yeah. Yeah, like, he had no ambition. Mm-hmm. So he goes back to school, does really well, becomes an honor student. They start, he comes back to, she was in SF, she was in the Bay. Comes down, like, oh, I'm doing a conference, like, we should hang out. They start dating again. Have a beautiful, romantic one-year relationship. And on that year... He proposes to her. She says yes. And motherfucker, two weeks later, just dumps her and won't pick up her calls. And dude, he just hate dated someone. And hate proposed to someone. That is a lot, dude. For a year. He hate romance someone. Like, he wasn't even like, I'm going to be in an abusive, shitty relationship. He's like, dude, I'm going to give you everything you fucking want you ever wanted and i think that's a like that is that pretty much sums it all up because for like, the amount of the kind of money yeah he ends up like destroying everyone's lives pretty much but the thing about it is like um i think in the book too he doesn't end up getting with mercedes too that's one of the details i think mercedes um she ends up leaving with her son um but yeah i think he felt betrayed by mercedes yeah he, he was feel betrayed because like and, like, he ends up revealing his identity to everyone literally, like, right before he kills them or right before they kill themselves. And they, like, realize the error of their ways and how they were played. And, like, fuck, like, this guy ended up getting the better of me type of shit. And he's like, ha, 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 ha vengeance is mine, you know? Um, but he does end up finding some new love or whatever. And at the end of the day, he grants mercy to, like, one of the kids of these guys or some shit like that. Um but the point is, like, he ends up going on this, like, destructive uh, vengeance rampage that hurts both, like, innocent people as well as the non-innocent people um, before he finally says, I'm done, you know? Like, okay, I've seen my vengeance through. Let's go, like, new lady. Let's go have a life together. Yeah. And, just and I mean, he's spent a shit ton yeah. of quan. Yeah, exactly. He spent a lot of money, a lot of time. Um, and is it all worth it? You know? Yeah, I think he even asks himself that. He's yeah, just like... Yeah, he does at one point. Like, the, like he's like, dude, this is dark. And at some point, it's like, okay, you're exacting justice. But are you any better than the men that fucked you exactly. if you're just yeah, fucking the world? Exactly, he gets to that point, I think. And which is why he ends up granting mercy to someone and then, like, like yeah. ending up stopping things a little bit. Um but yeah, no, like one of the only, one of the quotes and I think the way the book ends, um, is with something like, here, let me look at my notes real quick. Um, all human wisdom is contained in these two words, wait and hope. Interesting way, interesting like thesis statement right there, right? Um, kind of a nice way to, to end things on a, on a non-violent note, you know, but, um. Yeah, still a very interesting book, um, and wildly popular, and is now like considered a, 
a Western world classic kind of a thing. So, also just a fucking crazy story about yeah, Bender. No, like, exactly. I skipped like a lot of the details, but like if you read it, um, it's like it's like a it's like an a Arthur Rampage movie though. Like it's like literally like you suddenly see it all playing out and it's just like going exactly as it was Ocean's planned. Eleven. Yeah, Ocean's Eleven style stuff, Snatch style stuff, like, just like, <laughs> He's like, oh, I knew you were going to do that. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, some of it's like kind of impossible because he like has these people's like entire minds like worked out you know and it's like this crazy but it's what he's been training for right but then it's also kind of believable because he's literally just been training to do this for six solid years with nothing else on his mind um so yeah that is though the count of monte cristo yeah dude and one of the ones that i actually read it it, maybe we should have done like shit we forgot about law this week instead. Oh yeah, maybe that would be good. All about justice. I kind of don't remember anything about law. But I mean, I mean, even law is kind of murky and. Dude, yeah, and I mean, even law changes a lot, which is what you see a lot. It's kind of indicative of society's like general mood, uh, sentiments, uh, beliefs. Yeah, exactly. Prejudices. You get like some laws that are that are, like, more on the, on the, like, vengeance type of thing, more on, like, the eye for the eye type of thing. The cutting of the hands. Yeah, the cutting of hands, things like that. It's, like, real punishment-oriented, and, like, other ones that are more, like, reparations-oriented, and, like... Capital punishment, so, like, the... Yeah, that's exactly. Capital punishment's one of those that, like... You killed someone. Right. We got you. We, yeah, and then it's, like, I don't know. That's like a huge debate, obviously, that's been going on for quite a long time. But I'm I'm gonna state my opinion, no, and I don't care. Drawing the line yeah. in the sand. Yeah. No, dude. I mean, so for a while I was debating the whole capital mm-hmm. punishment thing, right? Um, and it's just like from from a fiscal side, it was like it, it's cheaper to kill these people. And it is to have him serve life sentences because if you serve a life sentence, right. you have to take care of your your um all your medical needs. Yeah, exactly. No, and if anyone who's had an elderly relative knows like that shit ain't cheap. No, it's not. But I realized with all the legal fees and all this shit, you're not saving any money. What you're doing is you're fucking torturing someone. Are you gonna die? Are we gonna stay? Blah 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 blah. blah. And then we're not gonna save any money. This is really fucking cruel to do and it's like i get it they killed your family member i mean i guess i don't get it right because no one's killed my family member yeah and i guess i can't say i get it but like is life imprisonment really that different than than uh the death penalty i i just think it's more more morally questionable to kill someone and it's like one of those things that the more you think about it the less clear it becomes too no, and then the other thing is like there's innocent people. We know there's innocent right. people exactly. that end up That's there. The other thing too. Yeah. So, I rather not have it since it's not saving us yeah. money. It's like very, very questionable grounds. You're giving the state the right to kill ordinary citizens right. outside of war. Right. Right. Super questionable. And you're giving the judge Super that power. Yeah. So I'm against the death penalty. Yeah. Is all I'm saying. Food for thought. Food for thought, guys. Yeah. No, and the number of innocent people, and then the number of like the 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 real people that end up in death row are mostly poor. 
Yeah, right, right. There's that whole, like, yeah. studied argument that, like, it's just part of the system to, like, kill off the people who, quote-unquote, aren't contributing or, like, are a waste of space or, you know, are shit. I'm gonna we say could have it. talked about private prisons. Yeah, exactly. Like, private prisons. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. It gets into some really... Darwinian shit. Yeah, pretty much almost. And... And, and and like we could do a whole podcast just the, on this the like, crazy shit about capitalism too yeah, like exactly. if i can make a month if i can make money from you going to jail instead of you being homeless yep should i throw your ass in jail exactly yeah crazy crazy shit it also gets into like some real macro type of societal things like i don't know it's just like a byproduct <laughs> of of capitalism and a capitalist society and then all that shit like, yeah no, and I can get real fucking leftist in here and be like, you know, it's because we give, because government's the only authorized user of force, and right, but I right, won't. Right, right. I'll save that for our other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, Michael thinks about on the toilet. <laughs> That's actually a good one right there. I like that. <laughs> uh, we'll need like two bathrooms though, and two different mics, so that we can like. <laughs> We can have conversations that are that are punctuated with silences and yeah. us like, sorry, dude, I got. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we just went from like a very educated conversation back to toilet humor. Yeah. Um. Oh, I guess I'm next. Yeah, you're next, man. All right. So I'm gonna talk about history, and I really am just gonna talk about maybe one or two people, possibly three, depending on how fast I go. Okay. Um. So, I, two things you briefly got to know about my personal belief. Three things you got to know about my personal beliefs in history. I think objectivity is bullshit. I don't think you're ever going to reach this plane of where you're just going to look at facts. Second of all, I think the best history is the goddamn stories. When you tell someone, not like it was a rainy day in 1976, when... You know, and then you just tell them the events as they went on. Fuck that. Tell me a story. Tell me how bullets were flying. Acid was everywhere. I don't know. Just tell me a fucking story. Blow my fucking mind. Uh, and then, uh, finally, I love people with emotional passion and fucking flaws. I just love them so much. They're so awesome. Um... So we're going to go with a deeply awesome but amazingly flawed human being. Lyndon Baines Johnson, representative of Texas, senator from Texas, vice president of the United States, and finally, badass motherfucking president of the United States. Who gets a lot of shit because he also did a lot of fucked up shit. So, um, Lyndon Baines Johnson... Starts off in the grasslands of Texas. So just like plain fucking flat ass Texas country. And he's fucking poor. His dad's poor. Everyone in his family's poor. And it's like, dude, it's, it's middle of nowhere, Texas. And, um, but he's ambitious. And so he goes to a teacher's college. And after becoming a teacher's college, he goes and he teaches minority kids. And that kind of has an impact on him. Because it's just like he's teaching them how to debate and all these things. 
And it's just like, but he knows in current state America that there's only so much they can do just because of the color of the skin and where they come from. And so he decides, like, you know what, bro, I'm going to fucking change the world. And he gets into politics during the war, World War II. Um, And he decides to run for, for House of Representatives to represent his district. Except if you know anything about, like, old American Southern politics, it's fucking corrupt as shit. I think they killed this fucking dog, dude. Did they really? Holy shit. Yeah, they fed his dog glass, I think. What? Yeah. That's fucked up. Oh, and then they stole the election from him. He loses by, like, 56 votes or some bullshit like that. Um, and he, like, he had it sewed up, but, like, political bosses back then ran things. Right, right. But this is what I love about Lyndon Baines Johnson. A, is anyone who's watched John Wick... You don't kill a man's dog. Don't kill a man's dog. Because he comes back with a vengeance. Um, he's like, oh, if we're cheating, we're cheating. Yeah. He, 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 it was this. Lyndon Baines Johnson was this guy. Do not bring a pocket knife because I'm going to bring a butcher's knife. Yeah. And so next election, guess who fucking wins? In a very shady election. My boy, Lyndon Baines Johnson. Um, and he goes to um, the House of Representatives as, an, as a junior senator. He's, like, very smart. And he decides, like, yo, I'm going to start talking to the whip. And it's this old, kind of old fat guy. I forget his name. But he was very, very smart in the sense of, like, he knew how to play politics. Yeah. He understood how to get... So, like, you know what happened with the GOP this week where, like, the Freedom Caucus fucking rebelled or last week the Freedom Caucus rebelled? That would have not happened under this guy. Because this guy knew everything about everyone and how to appease you. So, he, he would have been like, John, shut the fuck up. I know you go see hookers at the Starlight Hotel. I have fucking photos. Everyone knows this shit. And if you want to or if you want to keep everyone from knowing this shit. You mean about yes. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. So he had all his ducks in a row. And he teaches Lyndon Baines Johnson all his tricks on how to whip up people and, like, collect votes. And Lyndon Baines Johnson becomes a very, very effective politician. Even though he's not the greatest orator or, like, the most moving person, he becomes a very effective, like, political, internal political machine person. Um, and he's, like, a core of the Democratic Party. He goes into the Senate. Where he becomes the majority leader and, like, he can push legislation through. And if you want something done, it has to get done through Lyndon. Who has a very special treatment to deal with dissent, which we'll, we'll get to later. But in 1960, he's like, yo, I'm going to run for president. Uh, there's only one person standing between him and the presidency. And that's some Harvard-educated little Irish war veteran known as JFK with a beautiful wife, good looks, and great or ordinary skills. And um, they have a bitter, bitter, bitter campaign. Like, Lyndon Baines Johnson kind of represents Southern Democrats who are a little bit more conservative, a little bit more blue-collar, and a little bit more racist. 
And um, so he represents like a different type of Democrat, where JFK kind of represents what most people think about liberals today. Northeaster, highly educated, fancy ideas, blah, 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 blah. But the, and they have this bitter campaign where they attack each other. You're fucking an ignorant southerner. You're a fucking Harvard-educated twat. Whatever. Um, and then they have this... Uh, they have, they're going to have the uh, convention. JFK is going to win. He's going to succeed. Or he's going to be president. But the party leaders know that they, this has to be reconciled. And there's only one thing you can give the senator majority leader that he wants... For him to give you his votes and his thing and his support. And what does LBJ want? He wants some motherfucking vice presidency. So they're like, cool, we'll give it to you. Even though you guys hate each other's guts. Um, important event in American history right here. Um, and with that, JFK is able to win, right? Because he's able to take this out. JFK, I think, is the last Democrat to take Texas. Maybe Jimmy uh, Carter took it, but I think actually I don't think remember, it's. Uh, I actually think he doesn't. So I think JFK is the last Democrat besides LBJ to take it. Yeah. So he gets uh, Texas again. Some shady things happen in the elections, but all within the system. Yeah. <laughs> And LBJ becomes president, and he's kind of in charge. He's not really put in charge of too much stuff, because, again, they don't fucking like... He becomes vice president. Yeah, he becomes vice president. And he's not really put in too much charge. Um, JFK beats Nixon, by the way. Um, He's not put in charge of too much, because it's like they don't really like each other. And JFK trusts his brother, Robert, more than he trusts Lyndon. So, so like, all this thing happened, and Lyndon's kind of, like, Kind of feeling sour about it, but he he's kind of brought in every now and then to be like a pusher yeah. in the Senate and in the party. But something happens in 1963 in Dallas. Um, JFK reads "Eat, Pray, Love" and decides he's going to go to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Goes to the Dallas Book Depository, gets a, an early print version of "Eat, Pray, Love" and, and decides he doesn't want to be president anymore. Just kidding. Um, he Wait, tra- that's not right? <laughs> <laughs> he tragically gets uh, assassinated. Again, some more shady shit, too, because there's that whole conspiracy shit. With, yeah. yeah. We can talk about magic bullets some other time. Yeah. <laughs> um, LBJ becomes president. Woo! Oh, no. You can't really root that one. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he becomes president. Reluctantly, he gets inaugurated inside Air Force One while it's still in Love Field in Dallas. That's how like crazy shit is. Yeah. And he comes in and he kind of he kind of says, "I have to like." This is also great salesmanship, but also kind of like good politics. He's like, "I have a mandate," and that mandate is to like complete JFK's legacy. It's to JFK was pushing for civil rights. I gotta get this shit done for the homeboy who's six feet deep. And so he becomes really, really involved in the Civil Rights Bill of 1964 and subsequent Civil Rights Bill. And he's crucial to them passing. And he's able to actually get Southern senators and House representatives to vote on this. Um, and the way he does this, some of it is just like 
jewelry and like just traditional politics, um, like barrel spend, pork barrel spending, and all that stuff. Other things though is what he's really famous for is uh, the Johnson treatment, and this is like he was like a master manipulator. So he understood when to like be nice to you. One of his favorite tricks had to do with cufflinks. So he had presidential cufflinks with like the seal of the president, which he told people were one of a kind. And then, like, to make you feel guilty, he'd give you these cufflinks and be like, no, 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 you have them. And it's just like, now you feel in debt because you have these one-of-a-kind fucking presidential cufflinks. And it's like, JFK gave them to you. And he was asking you to do something before he gave them to you, but then he left, so you couldn't tell him you weren't going to do it. So you're like, fuck. Um, and then, so, like, that's one of it. To Johnson Dream, it's just to control you. But it really got fucking intense when he was mad at you. Because Lyndon Baines Johnson was, like, 6'6". A huge, like, 250-pound man. And if he got into your face, you knew it. And he wasn't shy, and he wasn't shy about screaming at you, and he wasn't shy about screaming to you in a hall. In an ele- he loved elevators, and he loved bathrooms for, like, entrapping people and all this shit. Dude, imagine you're in the bathroom. You're a House of Representatives opposition person. What are you, 5'7", 5'8", 5'9"? motherfucker 170 pounds this motherfucker is 250 66 comes to you in the universe like i'm gonna talk to you about something you're not getting the fuck out of it um and so so he so that that's part of lbj's story there um and he gets the civil rights bill passed and then he also starts waging a war on poverty uh which is very admirable and he's like we got to end poverty um and then he passes medicaid and he has truman there when he signs what? it. And so, like, signature legislation. Yeah. And you're like, why do people have one bad thing to say about this motherfucker? It's called Vietnam. Yep. Read a yep. book. Um, and so, he kind of inherits this conflict from Kennedy. And he kind of just has to continue to escalate it. Just because of, like, the domino theory of the time. Where it's like, if you had one communist country in a region. So, like, the fear was, if Cuba turned communist... Every country in the Caribbean would turn communist. Yeah. If Bolivia turned communist, every country in South America would do it. So they were trying to keep Vietnam so they can keep Southeast Asia from turning communist. Um, so it just escalates. And something even more interesting, though, that came out was during 1968, when he was supposed to be running against Nixon for re-election, Nixon actually fucked up u.s efforts to get out of the war in 1968 that just came out this year in order to win the election isn't that fucked up damn our boy was trying to do the right thing and he gets fucked the other thing he gets fucked for is being like a a good old southern boy which is like he used to like take these harvard guys to the bathroom with him and make him watch him take a piss and all these other intimidation tactics and he wasn't like the most beautiful speaker ever, but I think his heart was in the right place, his mind was in the right place, and he was someone, and this is a category I love most about people, who had a personality and didn't take no shit from anybody. Lyndon Baines Johnson. A good name for my kid. That, what, that was it? Yeah. That's it. I, I, I spent too long on LBJ. He, he just, wow. Um, anyways. Wait, wait, wait. LBJ to any 20. Bring him back. So if you couldn't tell, he straight loves LJ. 
Um, Dude, I love anyone who fights for the common man. It doesn't take no shit from, from anybody. But again, also kind of an asshole. You know? Like, very... Tried to get out of Vietnam. Like, very wrong tactics before... The right, the right reason. reasons, but again, kind of getting to a, to yeah. where we were. It's, well, it's in keeping with the theme. Yeah. Totally keeping with the theme. Like, is it all worth it? Is it all right? Hey, should you oh, intimidate someone? Yeah. Should you intimidate for civil rights? Yeah. That's, dude, I I love being able to draw this like comparison because yes, it's all about me too. <laughs> but like, as a child, I used to bully kids to do the right thing. I used to bully bullies. Like, I used to find kids, like, there used to be kids, and I won't get into too much detail to give away people's personal information or anything like that, but there was, there was this kid in, in Dude, all we school. need is their social. Um, yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> there was this kid in grade school who was, like, Just an severely mentally handicapped, but, like, the nicest kid. And there was another kid who used to bully that guy and, like, mess with him and just all kinds of crazy shit. So, in grade school, I straight up was was like, no, this is fucked up. Like, this kid can't defend himself, like, at all. Um, and I bullied this other kid back. I just, and, like, looking back, it was pretty fucked up because I, like, mentally tortured this this other kid. By um, telling... Tell, I'll just tell people the short story. You... It was a girl bullying a boy, and he found out by watching other girls that the meanest thing a girl could do to another girl was completely ignore her existence. So he had to the other kids yeah. ignore this one girl. Jesus, dude, I kind of pulled a Monte Cristo on this. Because, yeah. like, I, 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 I went to the drawing board, and I was like, I'm going to find out the best way to, You're like, going to understand their society. Yeah, exactly. And so I literally, what I did is I went, and this will kind of give you some strange background, but I went to the playground with the intention of finding out the best way to mess with this girl back. And so I studied... Uh, the popular girls, and I studied their like social dynamics, the way they hurt their their like quote unquote enemies and friends, and like the way they uh, the way they display exercise power, exercise power, yeah, and dominance, social dominance. Um, and so I realized that the best way to cause pain on on the kids our age at that time was to ignore them, to one hundred percent shut them out socially and that's what i ended up doing and i got my entire class to do um to this to this one kid and it was like looking back it's kind of fucked up but um it was all because she messed with another kid who like couldn't defend himself the way i used to get revenge with other people i kind of go more of a castle amontillado where it's just like i'm gonna punish you with impunity like you're not gonna know it's me but your chair is going to fucking break. Right. And right, you're going right. to think it's your fat ass. Well, no, that's the thing. I used to I used to be like very head on. I'm going to attack you and fight you oh. kind of guy. Until I, until I did this like study of mine in the... By the way, this was first and second grade that I did this. So, um, yeah. I would have people's pen explode on them sometimes. Yeah, them. no. So ever since then, yeah, it was like... So it was like sabotage and it was, yeah exactly I became quite a uh, a saboteur underhanded saboteur when it when it came time because like I had this notion that if you broke the rules all bets were off 
and all rules were done. Maybe we should have all just joined the CIA and like. I know, right? <laughs> Jesus. Okay, um, we're getting into some dark stuff. I'm gonna like, bring a little levity to this because my like historical topic. Have we already exceeded the time? We're gonna have to cut this, dude. Uh, you um, wanna you wanna just go to the SAT words and you'll do your. Yeah, shit. that's fine. Thanks to Christofferson's verbose fucking. I'm work. sorry. I'm a storyteller. I'm a yapper. Goddamn yapping. All right. We're going to go straight to vocab words. You then. start this. We've got to do this quick. Um, I also have like 4% battery. Jesus. Okay. Um, all right. Cower. To cower. It's like to get small and like to to like be fearful. Sure. I was trying to read my notes. I wrote no, I'm not, today, dude. by the way. I'm so not. read my notes. Uh, I hate you. It's just like I look. Why are you me. always looking down at my paper then? Because you're like right next to me. Uh-huh. Okay. Eminescent. Eminent, I have no idea. Quickly fading, short-lived, just like the band Evanescence. Yeah, that's <laughs> such a good band well, name. Uh, Dane to Dane. Isn't that is it to or Dane like to, to Dane? To tonight or to christen? No, 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 no. Like to Dane is to do something that someone considers beneath them. You know, like I deigned to listen to that entire like oh, e- love e- fest for LBJ. <laughs> Not quite the right sentence, but whatever. Oblivion. Oblivion. That's like the nothingness, right? Or just like... The state of having been passed out of the memory or being utterly forgotten. Jesus. So like what I attempted to do to that poor, poor kid. Um, uh, Jaunty. Jaunty? It's an adjective. Is it to to make fun of? No, jaunty is... Adjective, bro, not a verb. No, to make, like, not to make fun of, but to, to jeer at or... No, no, John is like, kind of the opposite. It's full of, full of, a uh, Happiness. Yeah, high-spiritedness. Oh, okay. and, oh happiness. It's, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, junta. Ooh, junta, like, uh, shit, like a group, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the junta. A, a group or a council or an a assembly. Council, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, laconic. Laconic? Yeah, adjective, yeah. <laughs> to lull, to bore, to sleep? No, it's a... Uh, I hate you. It's also brief and to the point. <laughs> Iota. Iota, shit. Oh, God, this is one that I know I, like, studied specifically on, like, a high school vocab list, and I have no idea what it is now. Hit me with it. Me a with small it. or an insignificant marker part. It's just a small amount. Like an idea. Okay. Um, what do I got here? Suffrage. It's uh, the right to vote. Yes, it is. You're going to hate me for this one. Verisimilitude. Verisimilitude. Something to do with the truth. I don't know. If a play lacks verisimilitude, it lacks a, like a likeness, a likeness to life or truth. Gotcha. Okay. Usually used with movies and plays. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Isn't that a good one? Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, to abrogate. Is this one of the houses in Divergent? No. <laughs> yeah, they are, they, it means to revoke formally. Okay. Uh, this will give you an idea of my headspace. Genesis! Oh, God. Two song by it's like the, the creation. It's, yeah, it's a creation, the creation, depending on if it's uh, what capitalized or not. <laughs> um, to belie. 
Isn't it to like cajole or like kind of trick? Yeah, a little bit, kind of. Um, it's to like, manipulate. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, it's kind of like contradiction. It's used a lot of times as sort of like like the sentence I wrote down was like his uh, horror. <laughs> My kind demeanor belied my malicious intents when I bullied. Like kind of masked. Yeah, it's masked, yeah. Futile. It's uh, pointless, basically. It's uh, not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chicanery. Dude, I used to know these words. I know, right? We all used to know these words. Chicanery. Dude, I like all your words make me. I don't know if it's your personality, but they make me think of tricksters. Yeah, well, this Chicken. one is particularly, yeah, pertinent to trickery. Shit, isn't it like almost shenanigans? It does, yeah, pretty much mean that. Yeah, it's like tricks and deceit. One of my favorite so words. Like LBJ, uh, LBJ used political corruption and chicanery, you know, like. Nice. Yeah. But he was a good man. <laughs> this is one, one of my favorite words my professor couldn't pronounce it but I can or my high school the English word yeah. you can pronounce cacophony one of my favorites wow yeah they would say my, my teacher would say cacophony yeah I've heard a lot of don't want to say it but I'm going to say it like Spanish speaking people she was actually an American really and she, she said cacophony no she cacophony. said cacophony 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 Masiva Scavage she was straight feckless with the English language. Boom! <laughs> yeah, anyways, my word was feckless. <laughs> I couldn't tell. No. Um, incorrect? Or incompetent. Yeah. Only mm-hmm. Ineffectual. Lo- the last word is allotment. Allotment. Uh, it's like the the de- the uh, assignment of or like the yeah. Yeah, the rationing. The rationing. Yeah, yeah, there we go. That's um, a good word. Yeah. My last one is hubris. Oh, it's classic. A, I love hubris. Yeah. It's uh it's kinda like your confidence and your like self worth or like your your believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's usually like, to a fault. Yeah, to a fault, yeah. Yeah. So pride kind of pride before the fall. Tech companies have so much hubris. So much hubris. Um but I guess that's it. That's it. We've gone way over time. So. No, I don't think we have, but um, this is our second longest episode or mm-hmm. third longest. Or, yeah. Yeah. So in uh, the range. Anyways. Yeah. And then I guess I'll make up my architectural so, history shit next time or something. But um, thanks again for listening, guys. One more episode. One more week. Thanks for being with us. And our big announcement is yeah. that our college friends are coming. And we're going to do a special episode with all the boys, five of us, five different stories. We might uh, we might make it into various parts. Yeah, Maybe. we might. We'll see how it all we'll, shakes We'll have podcasts for, like, yeah. the rest of the year. Um, <laughs> and, uh, or we'll just go to a bar and we'll just bring this thing. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? Um, but rate, review, subscribe. These one day going to be in charge of the Facebook page or writing our content or yeah, something. If anyone hopefully. at this Facebook ever listens to this, please, for whatever reason that you blocked me from doing groups, unblock me. Um, pages. Yeah, for, page. for doing pages, yeah. So that uh, I can edit this and, yeah. Um, contribute. Contribute. Hold your own weight, maybe. Yeah, okay there. We'll watch it there. <laughs> but thank you for listening. <laughs> Otley to Sal, we know you're out there. Hi, Tella. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. All right, bye.